why are some shiver houses overflowing with visitors while others struggle to get a minion? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 72 of Ksubus, and we learn that when you help others in their time of need, they will be there when you need them. When you visit the sick and comfort the bereaved, they will be there during your illness or bereavement. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I like to begin with a story. Story number one. After decades of barrenness, our forefather Avraham and Sarah had a baby boy Yitzchak. He was immediately given a bris, but they decided to delay the grand celebration until the day he was weaned. You can imagine who attended that event. This was no tent in the wilderness affair. Dignitaries and VIPs, noblemen and women from across the known world were all there, after all. Apart from the miracle of the occasion, Avraham and Sarah were well known amongst the royals of the day. Who exactly was there? That the Torah doesn't tell us. Story number two. Eov, Job, has experienced extraordinary success in his life. A beautiful family, a great career, a life de dedicated to Torah, mitzvahs, and community. Who could ask for more? And then one day, he loses it all. His wife and children die. He himself becomes very sick. He loses his fortune. He's sitting shiver for his family and his friends come to visit him. Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Sohar the Namatite, they gathered together to come to lament with him and console him. Certainly, it was kind of them to pay their respects, but do we really need to know the precise identity of who signed the visitor registry at the Shiva house? Let's look at today's Gemara. Says the Mishnah, one who swears his wife off of attending a shiva house or wedding celebrations must divorce her and give her the ketubah payment because he is inappropriately restricting her movement. Says the Gemara, Granted, when he forbids her from going to a wedding, he may be accused of unreasonable restriction. But when he forbids her from going to a shiva house, what is the restriction? He taught, in the future she too will die and no person will eulogize her just as she did not do so for others. And some say no person will pay attention to her due to her exclusion from the community. It was taught, Rabbi Meir used to say, What is the meaning of that which is written? It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, since that is the end of all men and the living will take it to heart. What will the living take to heart? Matters of death. When you eulogize others, others will eulogize you. When you bury others, others will bury you. When you weep for others, others will weep for you. When you escort others to the grave, others will escort you. When you bear the pall of others, others will bear your pall. Let's analyze the Gemara. While the names of Job's friends might no longer mean very much to us, Rabbeinu Bachya teaches that we are provided with the names for a reason. True, many a noble person would have attended Avraham's party, but that's of little long-term consequence. Everyone likes a good party, but parties don't change us. Shiver houses do. Walking into a house of mourning and contemplating our short time on earth has the power to be transformational. That's why the names of Job's friends matter. Ultimately, their lives were impacted for eternity in contrast with Avram's guests who came and went. That's the literal meaning of the living will take it to heart. Algamara takes King Solomon's teaching in a slightly different direction. Why should you attend a shiva house? Because inevitably one day that will be you. If you attend shiva houses, others will attend yours. You never have a problem getting a minion at the shiva house of the individual who was always at everyone else's shiva during his lifetime. Some people hold the mistaken belief that if they don't know the family so well, it would be an intrusion to visit their shiva house. 
Quite the contrary. Think about how touching it is for a family when an individual that they hardly know takes time out of their day to stop by for a few minutes and pay their respects to their dearly departed loved one. That's a true fulfillment of the mitzvah of comforting the bereaved. You're not there because you have to be there. You're there purely to fulfill the mitzvah and bring comfort to others in their time of distress. But then the Gemara expands on this idea and teaches us that every step of the way, we must endeavor to go the extra mile for others. When we make the effort for others in need, they will be there for us when our time of need arrives. Let me tell you about a shul member that I had many years ago. Nobody cares about me, complained Rachel. I've been ill and I haven't been to shul for weeks now and you're the only person to call me rabbi. Why doesn't anybody come and visit me? Why does nobody offer to help me? I thought back to a conversation I'd had with Rachel a number of years prior. We needed volunteers to help out with our Hanukkah carnival, and so I gave her a call. Oh, I don't volunteer anymore, she replied. Why not? I asked, quite surprised by her firm response. Well, some years back, I helped out with a community project, and I didn't so much get as a thank you from anybody for all my hard work. I decided right then and there that I was done giving to the community. The Gemara emphasizes that just as we treat others, so may we expect to be treated ourselves. If you want others to call and visit when you take ill, make sure you're visiting the sick today while you're healthy. You want others to pay you a shiva visit when you lose a loved one? Make sure you're going to their shiva houses. I once knew this fellow who became ill, and any time people would ask him how he was doing, you could expect a 10-minute response detailing every ailment in his body. Tell the truth, nobody really wanted to hear all the minute details, but they listened. Not only did they listen, but he was never short of visitors and people bringing him food and taking him to the doctor. Why? Because when he was well, he was always there for others. He was an incredible community volunteer. He was always trying to help people personally. He might have been a little socially awkward, but everyone knew that his heart was in the right place. So when his time of need came, everyone rushed to be there for him. While you certainly should be helping others because it's the right thing to do, remember that what goes around comes around. One day, when you may need the assistance, others will be there for you. May you merit being that person that everyone can always count on personally and communally, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Dafyomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Dafyomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Daf for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.